Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone Grace. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Paloma, California. Sunday Praise and Worship begins at 9 a.m. Wednesday Bible Study at 7 p.m. We believe the Bible is the Word of God. Therefore, we're faithful, we're bold, we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. I want to emphasize that word obedience because obedience has to be defined by what God says it is. Not by what your mom, your dad, nor you, nor I say it is. But what does God say? Uh, the word of God says obedience is better than sacrifice. So no matter how many sacrifices we make, no matter how many prayers we send up or whatever ritual that you were raised, it doesn't supersede obedience. Obedience is the key to your soul's salvation. I want to thank you again for, for joining the online service of, of Cornerstone of Grace. If you're looking for a church home, growth ministry, uh, I want to invite you to join us. Grow with us and be blessed with us. Certainly, we thank and praise God for each one that is tuning in and those that will be joining as the, the Bible class goes on. We thank God for this day. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we can rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, in spite of whatever we might be dealing with, whatever we might be going through, and, and certainly we deal with things on a daily basis. You know, even if it's nothing but but maintaining what you've already established, you're, you have to deal with something. And, and so we thank God for what uh, he is doing in our lives and what he is going to do. And, um, you know, today being Wednesday, uh, we've been fasting every Wednesday from 12 midnight to 3 p.m. Uh, from throughout the month of August. Uh, uh, to the last Wednesday of September, which is today. And want to thank God and thank each of you that joined in the fasting. You know, the, the fast was to ask God to give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Now, you might say that, well, I have need for money. If you have wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, you're going to get the money. If So, and I think you know where that goes from there. Wisdom, knowledge, and, and understanding triumphs everything that there is because it gives you what you need to obtain what you want, what your heart desire is. It, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding helps us in relationships. It, it, it teaches us not to speak um, and when to speak. It teaches us how to be a good listener and, you know, and when to give a hug. Maybe we don't need to say nothing. Maybe we just need to hug. Or maybe we need to uh, reiterate what we've just heard 
so that the person that's talking to us know that we heard them. And then sometime the response may be, I don't have an answer right now uh, because they're looking for an answer. But if you give me a moment to pray about it and to think about it, you know, um, then, you know, that may suffice. But wisdom, knowledge and understanding can do things that we cannot do with common sense, uh, what we cannot do with money. Money don't buy wisdom. Money doesn't buy knowledge. Uh, yeah, you can pay for school and you can obtain knowledge and you could get a degree, but do you have a good understanding? And okay, you have do you have the wisdom? So these three, three components, these three things work together and will help each of us be successful in the different areas of life that we're looking to be successful. And so our fasting has been about being wise stewards, winning souls, you know, so it covers both the natural and the spiritual as well as your soul salvation. So I want to thank each one that, that joined into the fast and took the time out to fast with us uh, during this particular consecration on each Wednesday. God bless you. And with that being said, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for, uh, for blessing us. Lord God, and I pray and ask that you will bless each person that, that participated in the fast, that set aside uh, the time to fast uh, on the um, this day lord god whether they started in in august or they were able to get in on it during the end but they set aside the time and they were considered of fasting and praying and asking you for wisdom knowledge and understanding uh, i ask lord god that you would bless them lord god you know the need of each individual you know what they have need of financially mentally, emotionally, physically, uh, Lord God, you know, all areas relationships, whether they're in school or on the job, you know, and understand, you know, just what needs to be done, Lord God. And so thank you because you do know, you see all things, your eyes go to and fro throughout the earth, beholding everything. There's nothing that escapes from you and Lord God. So we thank you because you have awareness of us, Lord God, and we appreciate you. We appreciate you hearing us in our, our prayers. We appreciate you, Lord God, responding to us. We thank you, Lord God, in advance, and we we'll rejoice over the movement of your spirit in our lives, Lord God, even our soul salvation. We thank you. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask that you would touch anyone that is listening that may be sick in their body, Lord God, or maybe they have a loved one, maybe a child or a parent or maybe a, a, someone else is sick and they want prayer for them. I ask that you would uh, touch them as they speak these words that, uh, to, that to receive healing according to your word. Lord God, for you said you would, that we would prosper and be in health, even as our soul prosper. So Lord, as they introduce uh, your word to them, Lord God, maybe it may be the reading of your word to them or just to introduce them to inside the pages that they might listen while they're uh, at rest. Lord God, to hear your word that you would provide healing 
in the name of Jesus, amen. Again, we thank you for joining in with us and we're, we're in the book of Genesis and I love saying that because I don't get enough of it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, and I don't say that really apologizing, but I love the word of God because I love what God has done for me. I love what he is doing for me as an individual. I am very selfish about my salvation and selfish meaning that, that I am is very personal to me as it should be to you. Uh, your soul salvation. You have one life to live and you only have one life to give. Uh, the Bible tells us in Ezekiel, Ezekiel was ministering during a time and it was rough. It was rough, uh, but he was ministered during a time and the Lord uh, told him to tell the people that if, if you live by his statutes and keep his commandments, then, you, then you're going to live in them. And so it's important to understand that if we live now, many people go to church, many people are sitting in services, and um, they don't understand what it means to live saved. They, they think that because you attend a service that you are living saved. Uh, but no, and, and, and when the angel uh, released John and Peter from jail, they were instructed to go and stand in the, the temple or the synagogue and tell the people about this life. And so uh, here at COG, uh, COG Cornerstone of Grace, we're uh, about this life. And so talking about this life and what does it mean to live saved? What does it mean to live a sanctified life, meaning that you have set yourself aside from sin uh, to uh, holiness? What does that mean? And, and so we know that attending service, it, you know, doesn't mean that. Uh, there's more to it. There is a active participation in uh, regarding your soul salvation. And, and so this makes it personal. This makes it personal in knowing how to live. You know, it's just like going to service. You go to service not to not to be a spectator. We go to service to participate. The, the call in, into the worship service is to participate, not to spectate. And even in your hearing, uh, your hearing, as you listen attentively, you are participating. That's not spectating. That's participating because you're listening with an earnestness so that you can apply what is being told to you in your day to day. All right. So here we are in the book of Genesis, touching what is referred to as the law of particularization. We're moving from general to the particulars. I feel a blessing. Thank you, Lord. The universe, earth, man, and spirit. We are touching the creation and a principal person who is the cosmological, the cause of all things, and the teleological, the designing mind behind everything. And so here we are in the book of Genesis, the 21st chapter. And I know we've touched some of this before, but as I was reading uh, the other day, I was reading, rereading the word of God. And I was like, man, did, did we miss something here? And I really want to emphasize. Um, uh, and so I want to go back and, and touch some, some verses here that we already have gone over. But what I love about the word of God is it's inexhaustible. You'll never exhaust the word of God. And so uh, Genesis, the, first, the 21st chapter, verse one, I'm going to read verse one. 
12, 19, 20, and 22. Verse one says, and the Lord visited Sarah as he said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. Verse 12, and God said unto Abraham, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of the bondwoman and all that Sarah hath said unto thee. Hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Verse 19, and God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water and she went and filled the bottles with water and gave the lad drink. Verse 20, and God was with the lad and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. Verse 22, and it came to pass at that time that Abimelech and Phocol, the chief captain of the host, spake unto Abraham, saying, God is with thee in all that thou doest. Now, also, I want to read from Habakkuk, the second chapter, um, beginning at the first verse. And we read this also on last Bible class. And, and so here we are revisiting this again today because it has not been exhausted at all. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and which uh, to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Now, I want to take a different subject now, from the text that we have uh, consumed, and that is he will come as promise. And as a subtopic, you can bank on it. You can bank on what God says. Now, the term you can bank on it has been commonly used to express assurance. Now, it's a common term, and I, I know that that you you in your passing that you may have heard that, and you know this. And, you know, so you can bank on it means you can expect it. Uh, you can expect it. You can expect something. You can depend on it to happen. You can bank on my support. You, you, you know that if I give my word, I'm going to be there. Uh, and so credibility comes to mind, you know, uh, our credit. Um, uh, how well or how good is your credit? You know, when you say something, uh, what is the expectations of it uh, being fulfilled? Now, I can bank on LG or Dr. C uh, to be crazy when I see them because they act crazy all the time. So I know that, you know, I can bank on that. I know what to expect uh, when I'm in a present. I expect a little craziness and, and it's all good. I, I love their craziness. And so um, 
you can expect some people to carry out and do the things that you know they will and can do compared to some that that after you say something to them, you kind of walk away and you say, ah, you know, you don't expect them to do it. And sometimes you even start making plans to carry out uh, doing it on your own rather than waiting for them to do it because you really don't um, have confidence in them. And so you cannot, you don't bank on it. Now, the Cambridge Dictionary identifies this, uh, you can bank on it, it identifies this as a positive or a negative. Now, in the book of Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah 55 and 11, it says, it gives us uh, a positive. So shall my word be that goeth out from my mouth. This is God's word, his word. He said his word that goeth out from his mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. You can bank on what God says to happen. You can bank on it. Now, a negative is found in Deuteronomy, the 18th chapter, and I'm going to read the 21st and the 22nd verse. Now, this is going to mess with some. This is going to mess with some folks. This is going to mess with some folks because it's going to shine a spotlight on some people. And that's not my intention. This is the word of God. But the 21st verse says, and, and if they say in their heart, if thou say in your heart. Now, this is you speaking. This is me speaking or questioning. How shall we know the word which the Lord have, uh, shall we know which the Lord have not spoken? And then the 22nd verse gives this answer that we're talking about, um, if you can bank on it or not. It says, when a prophet, and a lot of people uh, attach themselves to those that, that want to carry the title prophet because it's been uh, sensationalized. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, now, pay attention to this. That prophet spoke in the name of the Lord. If the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord have not spoken. But the prophet have spoken it presumptuously. Thou shall not be afraid of him. So if someone speaks a word and tells you that this is a prophet, or that they're a prophet and this is a prophetic word and it does not come to pass, then uh, that is a negative. You cannot bank on what they say. And it is not an issue of, well, you didn't have faith to believe it. No, they prophesied, they spoke it. They said, I'm speaking something into your life and it did not come to pass. So it's not upon you, it's upon them. Now, I will say that when it is truly spoken of the Lord and when it is of the word of God, you must conform to the word of God to watch those things come to pass as well. Now, that's we'll get more into that as the Lord permit. Uh, and so uh, they spoke presumptuously, meaning it was not sent by the Lord. They had no right or permission. Therefore, it will not come to pass. And you cannot, you won't bank on it. You won't bank on it, you know. 
emotionalism, where people will get a, a get 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 very excited in the service. The spirit, what they say, the spirit is high, and they run around and they dance and care, and their life still remains the same afterwards. That is not something you can bank on. It, you want whatever when God speaks into your life, you want it to line up with Isaiah that it shall come to pass, that God is going to bring it forth. And, and so therefore it happens because uh, we line up with the word of God. The Bible said, I will give you your heart's desire. Now don't be confused with that. Uh, his, your, his, your heart desire has to line up with his will. He is not gonna give you something that's not according to his will. We take things that are not according to his will. We make things that are not according to his will. But when we line up with his will, then he brings his will to pass and it becomes our heart's desire. His will is not filled with sin. I had a coworker and she met a guy and she was feeling really happy about meeting this guy. He's my angel. Well, after he milked those cookies, he had some milk and cookies, uh, that was it. He was gone. So listen, let's be real about things. Let's not psych ourselves up mentally and you know put ourselves in, in certain positions because we are talking about our soul salvation. We are talking about what makes us and who we are as a child of God. Uh, beloved, uh, now we are the sons of God. It does not... Uh, appear what we shall be, but we know when he shall appear, we're going to be like him. Let's stay in that position. We have a right, you have a right to question what is being said. Now, I am a firm believer that what is said should be backed up by the word of God. And anyone at Cornerstone of Grace will tell you that, that I will ask uh, what you're saying. Is it in the word of God? Now, I also know and understand that there is a difference in the gift of discernment, the gift of knowledge, the gift of helps, and the gift of wisdom, which is administered by the Holy Ghost. Now, you, on your time, go and read uh, 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and it speaks about the gifts and how it works according to the Spirit of the Lord. Now, when the Spirit of the Lord moves and God speaks or inspire, um, listen. Uh, these things line up with the knowledge of the individual who can then bear witness of the information or if the information is true. So if you are with a person and that person um, discerns something about you and they speak those things, you know if it is true or not. Not that you've had a conversation with them that you told them. Matter of fact, it, it may be you didn't have a conversation with, with anybody. It is better to keep things in your uh, to yourself. Pray about it. Now, God knows how to answer. The Bible tells us plainly that what's done in secret, he'll reward openly. So if you're praying about it in secret, God knows how to speak it openly. And he's very specific in what he says. You don't have to beat around the bush and, and say there's somebody in this room that has a headache. It might be half the people in there might have a headache. The, the, the PA system might be a little too loud. The speakers might be adjusted uh, in such a way that that is giving people a headache. The music, the drums may be uh, hit too loud. And so some, of course, somebody going to have a headache. 
but it's different when you when when it is specific and god is speaking and calls an individual out and speaks to them regarding that situation now john the 40th the the fourth chapter in the 48th verse says then jesus uh said unto him except ye see signs and wonders you will not believe beware the word the word of god warns us about this now some people want signs and wonders show me a sign show me a sign now i think all of us may be guilty of that at one time or another uh, my hand is up and sometimes we like lord I, I need lord show me help me to understand what's going on i i've prayed that prayer and i know i'm not the only one and, and so the inspired gift of the Holy Ghost being specific, God knows how to answer that. Now, Matthews, the 24th chapter, the 24th verse says, for these uh, tell us, it warns us, it warns us that false prophets will come. And this is why it's important to understand the word of God, because there are people that are false, false Christ. Uh, they're charismatic uh, and they'll draw, uh, they'll have uh, they'll show great signs and wonders. You need to underline that. You need to highlight that. You need to be mindful of that, that even false prophets and false people that are charismatic will have signs and wonders. In so much, the Bible said that, that the signs and wonders would be so great, and I'm paraphrasing it here, that if it was possible, they would deceive the very elect. They would deceive those that know truth. Uh, that's how significant their signs and wonders, how real they are. Now, I love the Gospel of John uh, because John speaks compassionately about as a father to his children. The, uh, John speaks with this compassionate voice. Uh, as parents, we need to know when to use the right tone. And we can't always use the same tone. Uh, preachers, ministers, you know, uh, I think we have we have something that we need to correct there because uh, I was listening to Denzel Washington, whose father is a, a preacher or was a preacher. You know, he may be retired or something now. I don't know. But he was talking about how his dad had this certain voice, certain tone, excuse me, certain tone. And he would use that tone when he was dealing with uh, Denzel. And, um, you know, and so he was uh, uh, mimicking him. And it brings to light of how we don't separate uh, the position. Uh, there are times uh, that, no, you might be a doctor. You know, you graduated, you're a doctor uh, of medicine. And so if you were called in an instance because your neighbor was sick, you would then be a doctor of medicine in that moment to help. But when you're not doctoring, you have to know how to be a father as well. Uh, you have to know how to be a mom as well. And so John speaks with this certain tone, a certain compassion. And so um, my question is that when you're dealing with your children, you know, as adults and you're dealing with a child, have they heard you laugh hyster hysterically with them about something? Uh, when was the last time they heard you laugh out loud? I'm not talking about at church. I'm talking about at home with them. You know, that shows a, a, a it shocks a child. 
when they hear their parents laughing. And matter of fact, it makes them even laugh even harder at the fact that you laugh so hard with them that they're laughing now at you even more because of because you've now opened up. And that that's where I'm getting to. We have to be open with our children and even our adult children. Even our adult children, knowing how to uh, show the compassion and joke and laugh and be a person to them and not a form, not a figure, but a person to them. Now, John speaks this in um, the first chapter, uh, the fourth, uh, excuse me, the first book and the fourth chapter. There we go. He said, beloved. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirit, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus is come uh, in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof Ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. So John warns, uh, again, warning the the church uh, to be careful about those that say they are of Christ and is not to be careful, to understand the spirit of the individual, you, yes, you as a believer, become so acquainted with God and his word that when someone presents themselves as being um, sensational, let's put it that way, you know that it is not of God. You know when it is and when you know when it is not. Now, our subject this evening, again, is dealing with, it says he will come as promised and the fact that you can bank on it. Uh, those texts that we read from the 21st chapter, verse 1, 12, 19, 20, and 22 identifies a promise. Now, statement of assurance that God will do a particular thing or that a particular thing will happen. It is going to happen. Uh, The word uh, is definite. The word uh, give, arrange, expect, look for it, wait for it. All these words come to mind when we're talking about the word and how how the word of God will come to pass. Now, just the word wait, (laughs) when we say wait, wait. Wait for it, wait for it, wait. Alone presents a mental, emotional, even spiritual, sometimes physical challenges for us because we're being told to wait. Do you remember being told to wait for something and how anxious you became? You really wanted it right then. You know, um, if you could, you would sneak your hand in the cookie jar and get a cookie. You know, but you were told to wait till after dinner or to wait until she got off the phone or to wait until your brother go and get it for you. You know, whatever the wait was, you were told to wait and you didn't want to. And so we have an issue. We have to learn to wait. 
you know, or we've learning or we're learning to wait, you know, we're practicing waiting. And we may think we know how to wait, we may be have a lot of patience and uh, I'm a patient person, but there are times that I want it now, just like you do. All right. If Sarah was here, I, I believe she could attest to that. But closer to home, each one of us can too, because we want it now. We want things now. And we live in a time where things do happen quickly. Uh, most everything, just about everything you can think of is at your fingertip. Even the starting of your car, instead of turning the key, you press a button. It's at your fingertip. I want it now. You want it now. And they wanted it now too. But the prophet Habakkuk places a governor on all of us. Now, a governor, you don't hear that word governor today, um, unless you're in mechanics of some sort or dealing with some type of engine, then you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But a, a governor was something that they put on the engine so that you couldn't uh, take the engine to a higher speed. It limited your, your functionality. When you press that gas pedal, no matter how, how you tried to stand on it, uh, you were not going to get any more speed out of that engine because there was a governor in place. Now, many school buses had governors um, and they probably still do. I don't know. But uh, but I know and I've seen governors on buses and I've heard uh, mechanics talk about governors. And so a governor uh, limits, it restricts uh, the engine from going, uh, the vehicle from going at a uh, uh, un what they consider an unsafe speed. And so the the prophet Abeka, he places a governor. He said, I will stand upon my watch. OK, set me up on the tower and I will watch to see. I will wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to watch to see what he says unto me. So here we are in a um, position where we're waiting. And he says, I I'm going to I'm going to see what I, I shall answer when I'm approved. Uh, reproved. I'm going to wait and see what happens when he speaks to me. And then I'll know how I need to respond, what I must say. And so, but in the meantime, I have to wait. So in my waiting, I will continue to handle my responsibilities. Whatever your responsibility is, mine at 9 a.m., I must be um, on my post a Sunday morning worship. At 7 p.m., I have to be on my post on Wednesdays, ready to handle my assignment as we are in this moment. And whatever your post is, whatever your position is, that while you're waiting uh, for God to give you an answer, you have to be or take care of your responsibilities while you're waiting. And so this is what Becca is saying. And he goes on in the second verse and said, uh, and the Lord answered me. So God now speaks to him. How long did it take before God spoke to him? Uh, it doesn't say, at least I didn't see it. And so uh, the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. It's important that when we receive the instructions that God gives, uh, that we uh, make a note of them, write them down. You know, whatever instructions that your boss and God in this instance is the boss. But even in our natural, write it down, uh, make a record of it. And, and so he said, when I receive an instruction from my boss, I'm going to make a notation so that I don't forget it. I'm going to make sure because uh, he was instructed to be very careful in writing it down, articulate it well, uh, write it down. So if 
he or anyone else should read it. Because the Bible said, write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. And so if anyone else read what has been written, they, they will have a good understanding and take the proper action. They're going to respond to what is being said. It's important that we respond to what God has to say. The third verse says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. It's yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, tarry is another word for wait. Uh, we're told to wait for it because it will surely come and it will not tarry. Now, when it's released, it's and once it's released, it's going to come and you need to be ready for it. And so during the time of our waiting, um, remember, we're not just sitting still, but we're in preparation to receive whatever God has to say. So uh, note his his time. God's time is not our time, but whatever time he releases it, are you ready to receive it? So patience is necessary. Uh, and I can be patient because I have his assurance. He will come as promised. And that is something I can bank on. So and because of that, I am going to be prepared. I'm going to be prepared. So if you've asked God to bless you with uh, with uh, with a financial blessing on your job, be prepared for it. I don't mean be prepared to receive the money. Be prepared to maintain it uh, by by preparing um, uh, in your profession, by sharpening your skill set so that you can receive it and maintain it. Um, in school, you ask for better grades. Well, then I'm going to study more. Um, I'm going to maybe change my study habits. Me and my uh, me and LG was was having a conversation about reading, and um, and so I showed him that in reading, that you can set with the book in front of you, and open up a digital version of the book, and let and as you're reading the book allow the digital version to read to you so that you can actually hear the pronunciation of of words you can become more familiar if the book seems a little challenging to you uh, then the digital version will help you pronounce those words and so you know we had this conversation of, about how to use technology to help advance uh, your studies it's not something that others aren't already doing, but we need to apply those techniques ourselves so that when he comes and he will come as promised, you're prepared to receive what God has for you. And we're just using that as one example. Now, the fourth verse says, behold, his soul, which is lifted up in him, but the just shall live by faith. And that's what we're focusing on is that the just, the righteous shall live by faith. And so I can and must take him at his word and live by it, even though I may not see it in totality, but I, but I have his word. Now, Abraham and Sarah did not have a prophet visiting them. There was no prophet. There was nobody that came and said, I'm prophet um, Vinegar or I'm prophet Crystal or anyone else and get and speak a special word unto them. They did not get a rhema. What we they used to call it rhema word. And for a while, there, that was the word. Everybody talked about a rhema word. I got a rhema word. Listen, 
no one visited them. Now, this made me rethink, uh, even myself, because sometimes we want, we're like, man, where's the prophet at? Where's the evangelist? I have not received a word from God. And you're looking for another individual to come and tell you something, but you have received the word because you've received and you're reading the word of God and he knows how to speak and what to say. And in that instance that you think, and all of a sudden that scripture pops up in your mind, that is God talking. Nothing supersedes the word of God, not even his name. Yep, I said that, not even his name, and you'll find that in the book of Psalms, that his word is exalted above his name. The Bible said heaven and earth would pass away, but his word would not. So that gives you an indication that the name, and I'm not gonna stay here with this, but the name of Jesus is only temporary. It's only temporary. Bible students, you, you should understand that. And if you don't, visit ConnectingTruth.org and ask the question, and we'll now give you the answers to it openly over the air so that everybody can know. But understand that uh, the word comes, and so we have assurance just through his word. So I had to really think about that. I was like, well, I didn't have to give a lot of thought to it, but I thought about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, Lord, here I am saying, um, uh, uh, I have received a, a word from, and I have, because I've received your word through dreams, through visions, and through assurance. Because we look for others to come and provide some sort of assurance to us. Abraham and Sarah did not have that. And I won't even call that a luxury. They didn't have that. What they had was the spoken word of God. The assurance is in his word. Take God at his word. The value is of is from the giver, okay? And we know God does not lie. I believe it's in Numbers that said uh, that he's not a man that he, that he should lie. No, to, uh, listen, Isaiah 55 and 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I have I sent it. Now, verse 1, Genesis 21 and 1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. So the Lord said he was going to do this, and here he is doing it. Now, someone asked me just recently, they said, why did God take so long? I, I can't tell you. Uh, he wanted to make sure that it was certainly not of Sarah and Abraham physical uh, being that they was going to have a child. No, they were all out of gas. Let me put it that way. They were out of gas. The tanks had dried up. And God turned back the hands of time at the time that he said he would. And so as he said he would do, word, there it is, that's word. And he came and he handled it. He visited her at the appointed time as he had spoken. Now the 12th verse says, and God said unto Abraham, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of the bond woman and all that she, that Sarah has said unto thee, hearken unto her voice for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And so when 
when we look at Abraham, he is despondent. He's grieved. The Bible said he was grieved. And so he was sad. He was hurt. He was upset. Uh, he was depressed about what was occurring. And he needed some reassurance. Now, I know from my upbringing, from what I've learned, and, and, and that word reassurance don't come up too often in, in too many sermons, <laughs> you know, but here I am using this word reassurance. Abraham needed some reassurance. He had to digest what was being said to him about Ishmael, uh, let Ishmael go. Uh, this is, you know, this is uh, Isaac is born, but Ishmael has been with him now uh, 14 years and that's his boy. Uh, that's part of him. And, and so, you know, and he had to let him go. And, and, and so uh, we say some big things, but truth is, is that everyone thinks about what we think about is centered on the finite. And it becomes a challenge to us when we have to focus on something else. And Abraham was being told to focus on something else. Uh, his wife is having a problem. Uh, Sarah, she's she's queen of the castle and she's like, put them out. Put Hagrid and put the boy out there. Not going to, no, we're not doing this. And he is upset about that. But he needed reassurance because God had already told him that I'm going to raise him up as a nation too, because he is part of the alloy. And so, but yet at this moment, he's feeling it. He's feeling a certain way. And so he's thinking about when he thought about his finite, instead of the finite, of the, the infinite, excuse me, instead of the infinite, the infinite being limitless, unlimited power, endless power of God, you know, to, to bring a child to pass. And that's what we, we do. We think about ourselves and we get caught up in ourselves and we don't think about the power of God, the power of God. God is powerful. He's powerful. You, your power is limited. It's not limitless. And, and so, um, and so, and it certainly is endless, but not God's. And so Abraham is now thinking about himself because he even told the Lord, uh, bring it to pass using Ishmael. And he's like, no, God was like, no, I'm going to bring it to pass using you and Sarah. And I'm so I'm not going to do it your way. I'm going to do it my way. And that's what we have to understand is that God is going to do it his way. So while you're waiting, while we're waiting, prepare. The 19th verse says, and God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water and she went and filled the bottles with water and gave the lad drink. Now, Hagar was told several times that Ishmael would be a great nation. But when the storm and storms will come, uh, it could be a big storm, a little storm. It could just be the wind blowing, but it can dry the land. Uh, when the storms came and the wind blew, she did think about she didn't think about those words. She left Ishmael uh, under a tree. She went a, a few feet away. She went some distance, the Bible said, to about an arrow shot away because uh, she was feeling some kind of way. And so she went and sat down under a tree because she didn't want to watch her son die. He was parched. Uh, the bread and water that they was given was gone. She needed some reassurance. She needed to be reassured. 
And so the reassurance came from the word of God. It didn't come from a prophet. No one went to her and spoke a word to her, uttered something to her, called her up, laid hands on her, poured, uh, poured uh, bless oil all over her until she was lathered all up. No, it was the word of God. In our living by faith, walking in confidence of his word, he will also send assurance or reassurance of his promise. He will come as promised and you can bank on it. The 20th verse says, and God was with the lad and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. And so uh, Ishmael apparently prospered. He began to prosper and he became a professional shooter. Yes, he became a professional shooter. He became an archer. The 22nd verse says, and it came to pass at that time that Abimelech, here we are, that Abimelech and the chief a captain that was with him spake unto Abraham saying, God is with thee and all that thou doest. Now, you, he sees something about Abraham. When you live a, a life unto God, people will see it. You don't have to promote yourself. People will see that God is with you. I had a gentleman walk up to me the other day. Um, all I asked to do was use his battery charger. And that was it. Um, said hello to him. And uh, later on, he said, I, 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 I made note in just hearing your voice. This is his words. Your voice is that of a pastor. And he asked for prayer and had a slight conversation in that moment. Listen, God will show people things about you without you telling them anything. No one has to say anything, just live the life. And so Abimelech is the king of Gera, and he sees that God is with Abraham. And, and so uh, it came to pass that this happened and they talked to Abraham. Now their observation was expressed uh, with these words, God is with thee and all that thou doest. We want God to be with us in all that we do, which means that we have to stay with him and do all that he say to do. That's not hard. I like this. I like this uh, statement that um, that Dr. C uh, told me. He said that it is and I may not be saying it in his exact words, but he said it is difficult uh, no, no. He said, you have to really try hard to fail. So failing is something that you put forth an effort in doing. Why put forth effort and energy in failing and resisting when you can go with God's flow? Let's go with God's flow. And so Abimelech is seeing what he sees about Abraham is found in Genesis, the 12th chapter. And remember, we're talking about God will show up as promised. He will come as promised and you can bank on it. Now, the Lord spoke this to uh, Abram when he was Abram. He's now called Abraham. He spoke this to him in the, uh, when he first left home uh, with his wife and his nephew and, and his servants and them in the 12th chapter. The Bible said, now the, the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land which I will show thee and I will make thee a great nation. 
So here's the promise and unto the land that I will show thee. So he has not even seen the, the, the land that God wants to take him to. The Lord is telling him, leave now. I'm going to show it to you. So along the way, you're going to see this. So along the way, some things are going to transpire. Some things are going to happen. All you have to do is walk in, in obedience. And I will make thee a great nation. And I will bless thee. And I will make thy name great. And thou shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee. Here we are. I'm going to bless them that bless you. And I'm going to curse them that curse you. And in these shall all the families of the earth be blessed. This is what Abimelech is seeing. He sees this word that God has spoken up on him. And he says, God is with thee in all that thou doest. Everything that there is about you, man, God is showing up. Uh, he's got your back. He's there with you. He's there for you. I can see it. He can see it. He understood that. No matter what your job is, no matter what grade you're in, or are you just starting out, Know that if you are walking in obedience to God's word, he is with you. And that in each moment, in each phase, in each step that God has proclaimed over your life, he is going to come as promised. And that is something you can bank on. Now, if you have asked God for something, Lord, I need you to bless me. I need you to help me in certain areas of your life. We still walk in obedience. Remember the, the, that whatever we do, we face opposition and obedience to the word of God, not according to our feelings, not according to, you know, because feelings have gotten us all in trouble. We all have experienced that. We all know that for ourselves. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to stop with that is going, we've, we've run out of time. And so I'm going to stop right there, but know that he will come as promise and that you can bank on it. Now, if you have any questions or desire, I just want to leave you with this. If you have questions or desire, fellowship with us. You know, we have our, our leadership conference coming up October 5th, 6th, and 8th. That's Thursday, Friday, all day Thursday, all day Friday, and then at 3.30 on, on, the, um, on that Sunday, the 8th. I want to invite you to come out and be with us and, you know, please visit connectingtruth.org and, and send us information regarding your events as well. Now we're, we're casting our net out. We have prepared um, uh, information to go out to the masses, um, inviting them to uh, our second service, um, our second Sunday service, which is on also on the 8th of October, uh, which is, um, going to be communion and anointing service. And so if you are in the Los Angeles County area, Riverside and San Bernardino, certainly uh, please feel welcome to join in on that day. And you may receive a uh, one of the communications that go out electronically uh, regarding that date as well, or you may hear our commercial being aired on your phone. Uh, so we have three different um, technologies that are at work um, using it to our benefit to share the word of God. And so please pray for us as we uh, endeavor to do God's will. And, and so um, we are also uh, just want to remind you that we are 330, excuse me, 200, <laughs> 235 days 
um, away from Pentecost. And so before you know it, before you know it, you know, time would have uh, would have gone by. You know, that may seem like a lot of days, but these days are moving and counting down. And before you know it, it's going to be uh, 90 days. And so we are preparing and setting our minds toward that. We need to be thinking well in advance and making preparation for those that we are inviting, especially our guest speakers that are going to be with us. So I'm going to keep talking about that because I'm excited about what 2024 is going to bring uh, that's going to usher in for us, for CLG as well. And you should be excited about that as well for yourself uh, because you're in the will of God. And so no matter what happens, no matter what happens, uh, those things are not going to impact you as it will others. Now, one thing about when we talk about, talk about impacting, you know, we take it to the extreme, but understand something that that whatever happens in the life of, of, of God's children, he knows about it. And you will be saved. You will be saved. And we'll talk about that another time. Uh, with that being said, God bless you. Thank you for your time and your patience uh, in the word of God this evening. I pray that that something has been said that is for you to chew on, to think about, and to share with someone else. All right. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation in my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you. Share the word with someone else so that they'll be blessed as well.